from Forth. This is So What Do You Do podcast. When someone tells you what they do for work, do you ever secretly think, okay, but what do you actually do? I'm Ellie, and you, my friend, are in the right place. We interview everyday professionals from all positions in all industries. So sit back, relax, and learn where you too can thrive in a nine to five. Hey, Fourth. So today we are going to talk to Alicia about what she does for work. And she is actually a commercial interior designer. She studied interior design at University of Georgia. And she actually lives in Atlanta. And so some things that we talk about in today's conversation is just her realization after her first job that she liked some aspects of interior design, but not um, in the specific role that she was in. And so I, she had to identify what it was that she didn't like and then what that in turn led her to do. And ultimately, it pers- it allowed her to pursue more of a commercial role um, designing for workplaces as opposed to people's homes. And Alicia um, today actually serves in more of a project management role versus a designer role, but she still definitely gets to do some creative things. Um, She gives us some great takeaways and even allows you to connect with her on LinkedIn if you're interested. So please enjoy our conversation. And without further ado, we'll jump right in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to So What Do You Do? Without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and let Alicia jump right in. We have Alicia on the call on the interview with us today. So Alicia, welcome to the podcast, and please let us know, what do you do? Hi, Ellie. First of all, I'm so excited to be getting to do this with you. This is such a cool thing, and I'm really excited and honored to be a part of it. So I'll tell you a little bit about me and what I do. So I'm a commercial interior designer. I went to school for interior design and I work in a corporate setting. I want to define a little bit what commercial interior design means because I think that's one of the sometimes misconceptions about this industry. Um, Mm -hmm. But it basically just means like on the corporate side, working with, um, in my case, companies, I do workplace design and um, not residential. (laughs) I don't do kitchens and bathrooms except for people that I really, really love. That's awesome. <laughs> you're like, only if you're like in my top five, I will visit your kitchen. Well, that's good to know, exactly. Alicia. I won't ask you to look at my kitchen. Um, that's awesome. So you'd make the list. Okay, perfect. Good to know. Well, okay. So commercial interior design. So that's really helpful information to kind of just level set. So you're an interior designer, but you really work in the commercial space. So talk to us a little bit about, um, and I think you may have mentioned this briefly, but talk about what, not just what you studied in school, but maybe any internships you had, what kind of led you to this point right now? Sure. Yeah. So I, um, graduated or not graduated. You don't graduate high school. You just finished high school. (laughs) I finished (laughs) high school and, um, kind of knew what I didn't want to do, but I didn't know exactly where I wanted to go. So when I went Mm -hmm. to, um, the UGA orientation, um, I did go to UGA. Mm -hmm. So there's that piece as well. And when I went to orientation, um, my mom and I kind of split up. She went to the general meeting and I went to the art school meeting because I knew that arts was kind of an interesting area to me. Um, And really how I got to interior design was it's a career path. I didn't Mm -hmm. want to be a painter. I don't even totally have that skill set or like a sculptor or something like that. That's like a true artist. Yes, interior design requires art and an art side, but my brain is a little bit more wired towards practical steps 
and checking things off a list and moving from one item to the next. And mm -hmm. somehow in that orientation program, um, they really recommended starting there, um, starting in the interior design art school program. And then um, some practical things about that was just that I could change my major and have extra electives and not be behind rather than the other way around. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. So that was really like the very beginning starting point. Um, and then in college, I did work for the Office of the Uni University Architects at UGA. Um, they're located in Athens and they work on architectural projects like around the campus. Like, you know, one guy was working on something with uh, the baseball stadium and things like that. So it gave me a little bit of exposure um, to that world, to the corporate side of it, um, mm. while still just, I worked a desk job really there, but it gave me the like exposure and the awareness and of course some good context. Uh, yeah. contacts. So that was a good like stepping stone. Now in um, that role, then, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I was just going to say in that role, was there ever, I'm just curious, was there ever a point where you were like, oh, is interior design for me? And what made you kind of like push on? Or were you like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I have to keep doing this. Sure. Yeah. Good question. I don't know that I really had a moment like that in that job, but mm -hmm. in my first job out of school, I definitely had some of those kinds of moments. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes our lives can take a little bit meandering paths. Um, I pretty much accepted the first job opportunity I got right out of college. Mm -hmm. And that was actually to work for a residential home builder. Okay. And it was a good experience. It was a lot of good um, project management kind of skills, like learning how to manage people and manage mm -hmm. processes and really like build the relationship and carry that through. But like I said, it was residential. So it was renovations and new home builds for individual people. And that gets really personal. Mm -hmm. um, you're working with their money. You're often in their house that they're living in while doing a renovation. So it's really tight and personal. And that was definitely a period of time where I was like, um, this isn't quite what I studied. Mm -hmm. This isn't what I thought I wanted. Really, it's confirming that I'm ready to move more to the corporate side, which is where yeah. I am now. So yeah. that was a big like transition point, but still significant to recognize that though that wasn't um, exactly where I wanted to be, you know, it's not where you picture being like the first year out of college when you like dream about your job, mm -hmm. but it was so valuable. I learned so much. Um, I, again, built some good contacts and um, relationships there, but I was really able to just like learn a lot and then use that as a stepping stone to get to where I am now. So I've been with my current job um, for almost five years from that first job. Wow. Um, and it's been a very different experience and one that I'm really thankful for. Yeah. And something that you said that I want to call out that I love is you said, you know, in that first job out of college, you know, you said it wasn't really what you dreamt of yourself doing. You know, you said you owe a lot, you know, you learned so much and, and it was so valuable, but something that you said that stood out to me was you recognized that it was like, it wasn't the design that you didn't like. It was just mm -hmm. a couple nuances around being in someone's home and being in really, you know, sometimes they're living in the home while the renovation's happening. And it was just really tight quarters almost and just really intimate relationships with those clients. And that's what you didn't like. You may go home every day from your internship being like, gosh, I really don't like this. Gosh, I really don't like this. But I would challenge you to figure out what it is you don't like. And so when you can mm -hmm. kind of silo out to say, you know, this is the part of it that I really don't like. 
And then, and then when you're, when opportunities come, you can use that as a scope, right? To say, okay, I really didn't like this. Does this job give me more of that or less of that? Yeah, and and I so that. I want to bring, I think that's the perfect transition point to kind of phase two of this podcast discussion, which is what do you actually do? Walk us through an average day of what your job is and what being a corporate or a workplace um, interior designer really looks like. Totally. Yeah, I'd love to. I think that's a very common like first thought about an interior designer is that mm-hmm. it's often more home geared, um, definitely a lot about finishes, furniture, things mm-hmm. like that. And that's all true. Like that all is relevant. I can totally help you design your living room. I just <laughs> prefer to steer towards this side of it. And um, so what that looks like in my day to day is, um, is really more than just the finishes and the furniture and the things like that that is a piece of it and you can niche into that in this industry if that's what you really love we have about three people at my firm who that's their main focus they love that side of it they've got all those relationships with the furniture dealers and mm-hmm. all those kind of contacts um, I've shifted a little bit more over the past five years towards the project management side of interior design okay. um, so what that looks like is working with um, well for example today I'm actually still sitting in the parking lot of a project here in Atlanta that I just went and walked around on the site and like, you know, muddy boots. It's a <laughs> interior and um, new build construction all at the same time. So it's raining right now. Wow. So there's rain coming in, the floor is wet. I'm walking around looking at the ductwork that's being installed, the plumbing lines that are going in, making sure that um, I don't have to know how those things work. I just need to know where they go and how that's right. going to impact the end result of the project, the aesthetic that that, and making sure that that's really um, going to turn out the way that the client is expecting it to. Mm-hmm. So backing up a little bit on that, what that means for my job as a whole, when you kind of define the commercial interior design world, often you'll um, go through an RFP process to get a client. So an RFP is a request for proposal. And so um, client A has contact, let's say they're a law firm, they've contacted us and are looking for us to do their interior design services. They are looking for a new space they're moving because their Mm -hmm. lease is up um they've maybe got a external project manager on board who's helping with the overall budget and things like that Mm -hmm. and then um we come alongside them to help create the vision come up with this is maybe where it sounds a little more like what you imagine as an interior designer like helps them think about the finishes and the colors and how does Mm -hmm. that tie in with their branding what does that mean for their space there's often a lot of conversations around like culture are you a fun, casual kind of group who wants a really big break room so you can have, you know, happy hours on Fridays, things mm-hmm. like that? Um, or are you kind of just the nine to five, maybe more like a banking culture and you guys come in, you sit down at your desk, you do your work, you need some really good functional spaces to help you get your job done. And mm-hmm. then you check out at the end of the day and you go home. So we yeah. help really think through the, the culture and the relational side of that and then translate, translate that into a physical space for our clients. Um, So it's a pretty cool, like overall process. There's a whole lot more details and in the weeds that if anybody's curious about, I'd love to chat with you because there's so many more avenues um, in this industry than you might have initially thought. So your role in that, because, because I know you mentioned before, you kind of serve as more, less just focused on the design and a little bit more on the management side, like you said, managing the projects, managing the people. So what you're saying is you've transitioned into more of a role where you're kind of almost like 
overseeing that client relationship and making sure that their desires in the space gets accomplished and then you help them through from start to finish. Exactly. You got it. Okay, it's cool. totally that. Part of it is a little bit about um, level as you kind of progress up through your career. I've been mm -hmm. working for a total of about six years, six to seven years. So I've got enough experience under my belt that I am more on the client facing side. So I mm -hmm. wanted to talk a little bit too, knowing we're kind of thinking about students here and what their transition might be like into mm -hmm. careers. As yep. you start out, you're doing a little bit more production work. You're more on the um, helping to really just get the drawings out, create the concepts, working with your team as a whole, working with somebody like me. Um, mm -hmm. Once I've kind of got that vision from the client, bringing that back to the team, we're then developing the drawings and getting that to where the client can start to see what the space is going to look like and then communicating that into um, physical drawings as well for the contractor to build off of. And then somebody in my role is helping to manage that from start to finish, just like you summarized, Ellie, that was perfect. Like you're really making sure that the vision that was cast in the very beginning is what turns out in the end in reality when it's a built physical space that you can walk around and go like, oh, that's what it looks like. Same, start to finish. Yeah. I love that. And I also love that you, thank you for clarifying, you know, it's a progression in your career because I think that's really, really important for students mm -hmm. here, especially if they're listening to this thinking, oh my gosh, I want to do that. That's awesome. And truthfully, I bet you're better at your job now, given the fact that you've progressed through your organization and done some of that more tactical totally. in the weeds production design work yep. because you you can understand and explain to these clients now what is possible right because you've seen it and you've kind of done the work up to that point so I would just encourage anyone there's a reason mm -hmm. you start where you do um, and companies they have vision for that and they want you to learn the things that you need to learn in order to get to a place to be in more of a manager role and more of a facilitation client facing etc. Yeah, you've really touched on the things that I think are really important for my listeners. One thing I want to pivot to is just what's your favorite thing about your job? And then also maybe your least favorite, hardest, most challenging, again, not necessarily the worst, but just something that you personally are, it, it's the most difficult. Sure. Yeah. And those are such good questions. Um, let's see. I think I'm going to start with my least favorite. Okay. Uh, I, I think. It depends on who you are and your personality, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so for me, probably my least favorite is when we're working through a really subjective piece of design because mm -hmm. design is a little bit tricky, right? Like you, mm -hmm. you could do blue or you could do this other shade of blue and it's all mm -hmm. going to create an end result. And there are nuances that really matter that you need to pay attention to and be attuned to. But my brain is a little bit more geared, like I said, to some of the more, um, objective things like task lists and checking things off and making sure there are walls in the right place more so than like finding the perfect shade of blue. Mm -hmm. So I really have found, um, like I said, I've like shifted over my career so far into this more management kind of role, project mm -hmm. management kind of role that has um, really helped me to focus more on that part. But everybody still has to be involved in the whole process. And so there are days that I spend picking out finishes and focusing more on that side. And those aren't my favorite days, right? but they're still valuable. They're still mm -hmm. something that I um, can pull into that from what I know from the client and really help like bring the whole process together. Right. Um, so that's probably what I would say is kind of my least favorite is when I'm stuck in the subjectivity and I'm ready to just like find the 
final answer and move on to the next step. So sometimes it's important for me to like sit in that and know that it's okay to really be finding the perfect solution for that client and that my day will shift the next day. That's, and maybe actually that's my favorite part of my job right there is Mm -hmm. that it's so varied. Like today, like I said, I was out on a job site for the past two hours and then I'll go back and have pretty heads down chunk of day um, to get some things done, catch up on some meeting notes for some other projects. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, answer lots of emails, right, <laughs> all that right. kind of stuff. <laughs> Whereas then yesterday I was like in meetings pretty much from nine to four meetings, just back to back for lots of different projects. That's awesome. Learning information, passing off information. Yeah. So there's a lot of variety, which is cool. It's, it's hard to get bored and that's nice. I find so many students who can do analytical work and don't mind answering emails, but they always say, you know, I just don't want to sit behind a desk for 10 hours every single day. And I hear it from so many students and there are options out there for you that yes, it's going to challenge you and it's going to be stressful at times. And you know, it's going to be this, this and that. But if a big priority for you is being on your feet and meeting with people or going to a job site or, and then having time at your desk and, you know, whatever that may be, there are options for you. And it sounds like this type of corporate interior design space really gives that to you. It just varies, um, which like you said, is great for you. You feel like that keeps you interested. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's a good note to make for anyone listening who's thinking that this may be an interesting path for them. So, um, so with that, I am going to transition into our final topic, which is how do I get there? Alicia, if you're a young person wanting your job in, you know, the next 10 ish years, what would be, what do you think would be the best next step for them today or upon graduation? Yeah. Good question. Um, Let's see. So I think the easy answer is networking, right? Mm-hmm. Like go right. and talk to people, meet people. Um, easy to say, harder to do. I'm definitely one who uh, doesn't do networking as well. It's not um, a natural or smooth thing for me. So mm-hmm. listen to Ellie, take all of her advice. She's <laughs> very wise about how to meet people and just how to jump in and do it. Thank you for that plug. Um, I appreciate that. Anytime, anytime. Uh, And then more specifically than that too, I think um, in some ways just do something Uh, like Mm -hmm. kind of my career path. I did not think, I I accepted that first job and then immediately was kind of like, oh, (laughs) this isn't what I thought I would be doing. But I stuck with it for a little while. I learned a lot of things and I used that as the next step. Keep up your relationships with with um, uh, with your classmates right now, Mm -hmm. like your friends in your studio, um, especially if you are in an interior design program now, because you're all going to be going out there into the world, getting jobs Mm -hmm. at different firms. And that was how I got my job at my current company, um, was that a former classmate worked there and we had kept up a little bit. So it wasn't weird when I reached out and was like, Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, of any job openings, I'm interested in making a shift. Um, and she was awesome to help coach me through the interview process, what to wear, where to park on the first day, all that kind of stuff. So keep up those relationships for sure. And just try something, find Mm -hmm. the value where you are and keep moving forward in that until you know that it's time to go to the next thing. And I would even, I love that you say try something because I think that's something that we as human beings, but also as young people, it's really hard to just realize that you just have to do You just have to act and then see what happens. And something I want to add to that, that I love that you said is your, your classmates, your peers 
are your network. Students underestimate the power of their network, which is students in their classes, in their programs, you know, just in their sorority and whatever, like people yeah. that they go to school with. What I would encourage you to do is talk to your classmates about what it is that you think you want to do, because honestly, someone in that room could either have a connection or their parents could have a connection or whatever. You just never know who someone else knows. Yeah. And if you can speak to what you want, people are so willing to help you. One other thing that kind of compounds on the do something is I would almost encourage any students in um, interior design or in any field, find an opportunity to shadow. People are willing to help you and we're just really afraid to ask for help and ask for opportunities, but it costs them nothing. It's not like you're asking them mm -hmm. to pay you or anything. You just want an opportunity to see what's going on in their workplace. You'll probably blow the socks off of them and they'll be like, can we hire you on the spot? <laughs> can we hire you on the spot? <laughs> right. Like no one's ever done this before. Um, yeah. I know awesome. another thing that Ellie talks about a lot is um, working your like parents and your parents' friends mm -hmm. kinds of networks and talking to them. And I had kind of forgotten about that until right now. There was a contact that my grandmother actually made for me that I did go and shadow her and I learned a ton from that. And then there were other contacts that like my dad had and I was like, oh, dad, I don't want to do that. I yeah. totally should have. Yeah. I would have learned so much more in like, these were like high school kind of times. Right. I could have just learned a lot and had even more knowledge and even more kind mm -hmm. of awareness of what all is out there because mm -hmm. I've learned what I know now, obviously by living it and doing it. I didn't realize there was so much variety and um, different like side paths from interior design. There's all these different like little other streams of project management and things like workplace strategy that if you're hearing those for the first time may mean nothing to you, but there are different like avenues and ways of thinking that dive farther down into it. And you can mm -hmm. learn so much about those um, kind of as you go through and talk to other people. So definitely shadow, talk to people, learn as much as you can there's absolutely no harm in it and yeah. just try it. You're right. It's like, I wish you can look back. It's so easy for us to look back and say, Oh, I wish I would have done that or ask that person mm -hmm. or taken advantage of. And I think a big lesson too, to learn is people want to help you, especially if you're a student. Um, I would definitely say to take advantage of that. You've just done an amazing job explaining what it is you actually do, which is like the number one Thank goal you. of this podcast. So I am <laughs> yeah. so grateful for that. We just appreciate your help. And what I will do, if you're okay with it, Alicia, is I will link your LinkedIn in the show notes so that if someone is really, really interested in interior design and wants to connect with you, that they um, have yeah. the opportunity to do that. I would love that. Seriously, awesome. please reach out. I'm happy to answer any questions chat over the phone, whatever works. I'd love Yay. to help you figure out kind of where you should be going. That's awesome. Well, thank you for your time again, Alicia. And um, with that, thanks for tuning in to So What Do You Do? Thanks for listening. If you loved this episode and are inspired by this nine to fiver, let us know. Subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Screenshot this episode and tag us on social at fourth underscore LLC. We would love to hear what professionals and industries you want to hear from next. Want more career guidance, discovery, and inspiration? Be sure to visit our website, goforthllc.com, and browse our career downloads, read our blogs, and get inspired to go forth.